Well, hey, you. Welcome to Life with Lex, where we talk about all things faith, relationships, culture, business, and all of the above. Okay. And I am super excited that you've decided to do life with me with to do life with me in these next 30 minutes. And on today's podcast episode, it's just simply titled, uh, Sis Write the Book. Okay. And we're going to talk about some emotional and spiritual roadblocks that keep you from writing your book. But before we get into all of that, I want to tell you a little bit about myself and my story. So in 2010, I decided to give my life to Christ after the year before I was miraculously stopped from a suicide attempt. Um, I had always known that God was real, but I was dealing with a lot of heavy depression, anxiety, and life um, in a traumatic household. And so I have spent the last 11 years of my life dedicated to my healing process from trauma and walking with God. And now my purpose is to lead men and women into their purpose and out of trauma. And so I'm hanging out as a excuse me. So I'm hanging out over at the cherishedwoman.com as a trauma coach. And then of course, what I do to pay the bills. It is also a passion project of mine is I am a branding strategist and an accountability. Uh, uh, cannot talk today. And an accountability coach for women of faith and leaders authors and coaches. So you can find me over at alexismlot.com and it is my job there to help the everyday business owner connect with their audience and market online. Who child, I need to slow down. Okay. <laughs> trying to talk too much, trying to do too much at once. But anyway, here we are. Okay. Here we are. So you can find me over at thecherishedwoman.com. And I have an event coming up. It's called Teach Me How to Pray, September 28th, 29th, and 30th. We are going to gather with women all over the world. And at 10 a.m. every single morning, Eastern time, we are going to pray together. And then, uh, no, in the morning times, we are going to pray together and learn about prayer. And then in the evening sessions at 8.30 p.m. every single evening, the 28th, 29th, and 30th, we are going to actually pray. And we're going to be praying for ourselves, our families, and this crazy world we are living in. All right. So I cannot wait to see you there. And you can find me anywhere on social media at Alexis M Creative, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. My handle is the same. All right. All right. Now we're going to dig into this podcast episode, just simply titled Sis Write the Book, Emotional and Spiritual Roadblocks that Keep You from Achieving Your Writing Goals. And I want to tell you that I am a two-time published author. I pretty much did it myself, aside from hiring an editor. Um, I do have a graphic design background, so I did my, you know, my covers and um, social media graphics and, and things of that nature. But writing is not an easy thing. And I want to read something to you um, as we crack open this subject, because I believe that one of the biggest emotional and spiritual roadblocks that happen to people who want to write books, especially women, is perfectionist behavior. And so there's a book that I love. I tell you guys all the time, I'm a recovering perfectionist because perfectionism was one of the ways that I was trying to decide whether or not I was worthy. And 
it was the way that I tried to earn respect, earn love, earn commitment, all those different things. And so perfectionism became the way that I covered myself with fig leaves from my trauma, from my pain. And it was the way that I wanted to present myself in the world as the most perfect version of me. And let me tell you something that runs its course because perfectionism is exhausting. And so I was led, I cannot remember how I came across this book, but I believe um, I was listening to Dr. Caroline Leaf. And I believe that she referenced this book, either one of her emails or um, her, her podcast. And this book is called Perfectly Hidden Depression. And the subtitle is How to Break Free from the Perfectionism that Masks Your Depression. And so it is written by Margaret Robinson Rutherford. She's a PhD. And um, so Dr. Rutherford. And I just want to tell you that this book really does do what um, this, the title up at the top does. It says it provides a clear path from coming out of hiding into healing. This was one of the first books that I had ever read where it talked about the constant need to be perfect it was actually emotionally draining and how there's this phenomenon of women who are now um, coming to their therapist's office and there isn't anything outwardly wrong with them. You know, um, a lot of the terminology around depression, one of the words that's used a lot is high functioning, meaning that this is the go-getter chick. She is all about her goals. She tries to keep her family together. She has so much going on, but way deep down inside, she's drowning under the weight of all of those responsibilities, constantly trying to show up in the world as the best version of herself. Because a lot of times the lie, you are not good enough. And therefore the shame that comes with that has not been broken. And so until that lie has been broken from every area where it has entangled in your life, you will find yourself constantly performing. And my therapist and I actually talked about um, something that I knew that I wrestled with called performance orientation, where you're not showing up as your authentic self because you're just afraid to. And so what you get into is what's called performance orientation, where you seriously um, are if you can't show up in the world and be loved as your authentic self, then what you do is you settle for what's called transactional love, where as long as I can do something for someone, I can get what I need back. That's transaction-based love. It's not transformational. It's transaction-based. And so I want to read something to you out of this book. Please go get Perfectly Hidden Depression, all right? But in one of the reflection questions, um, it asks, and it says this statement, that many perfectionist people find it hard to write because they're evaluating as they go, trying to sound good. So if you struggled in this way, know that it's normal, but also try to tweak as you go and challenge yourself to go deeper. Risk writing something that you never thought you could, okay? And so they give some examples like, um, I hated my mom, or I feel so lonely sometimes it feels like I'm going to break apart. So they encourage you to let the words go and breathe through the emotion that comes with it. And so remember, for us perfectionist-driven women, vulnerability and owning your humanity is hard. So the book encourages you. It says, remember, if you cry, your tears are about intensity, not weakness. Okay. 
I absolutely love this book. It is so good. It has helped me grow. It has helped me change. And I want to continue this conversation about emotional roadblocks in writing. And as an accountability coach, because I'm going to pronounce that word right, okay, because I've slowed down. So as an accountability coach, one of the things that I find is that when a woman of faith cannot be accountable to her goals, there's normally some sort of wrestling emotionally that she's dealing with. Um, And so if you are anything like me, you want to feel proud of yourself, like you want your redemption story. You want that second chance at life. And recently um, I wrote this on Facebook and on on my Instagram account and it got a lot of feedback. And I was talking about um, what I actually do as an accountability coach. And I'll tell you that the Holy Spirit, literally, he was like, Alexis, um, you know, what do you really give people? Like, what do you what is it that you really serve people with? And he said, what is the woman that is coming to you? What is she actually looking for? And I remember um, him telling me, I was working through, he was like, no, what are you actually selling? You're not just selling and giving people um, accountability coaching. Because the truth is, they can get stuff done on their own. So why do you matter? What exactly do you bring to the table, Alexis? And I realized I'm giving that woman who has felt broken for so many seasons, redemption, the opportunity to feel worthy again. And I tell you, I was on Amazon and I, um, right now, as you can see, um, if you're watching this video on YouTube, my podcast on YouTube, that I am um, doing my, I have these, you know, Apple regular Apple headphones in my ear, but I really want like a studio pair of headphones, particularly my ro- a pair of rose gold headphones from uh, Beats, right? And I was on Amazon's website and I saw the link to these rose gold headphones, but up at the top in the description, it says these headphones come from the Amazon Renewed store. And basically it's just letting you know that, um, these headphones basically are not brand new. They can been through some things. They're going to belong to somebody else, but they have gone through a rigorous cleaning process. They have been tested to make sure that they work and sound like new. They have been inspected up and down. And Amazon, in order to help you feel safe about your purchase, they say, look, we have a 90-day money-back guarantee. If these headphones messed up, we will refund you all of your money, right? And I thought about like Amazon has an approach to objects that may have been used before in the past and not done really well. And they take them through a renewal process and they put them back out on the market again. And I was like, wow, that's what I do. I am the renewal process for that woman who has tried before to tell her story and it was just not easy. She's tried before to get on Google and to research the steps that you need to self-publish and she got overloaded with too much information. You've tried before to market your business, to get the products out there. You sat at bosses meetings and inside corporate America and realized, man, this is just not for me. 
So you want a brand that's polished and it looks good, but it's not just about the brand. It's not just about looking good. This is your second chance at life. This is your opportunity to really know that what you are producing as a woman in this world, what you are birthing is bigger than you. And I know that the woman listening to this has has reached a point where she's like, you know what, feeling unworthy, feeling like I don't deserve it. And all these ways where I have been mad at myself for not starting, all that's got to stop. Like I'm done. And I need someone to help me also fight in this ring and say these feelings of unworthiness have got to go. All right. Like it's got to go. So that's what I do. And I just want to walk you through some steps to help you push past, well, I actually walked past a big one already, but helping you with more steps to push past and push through a book writing project. So number one, um, as we talked about in the book, Perfectly Hidden Depression, stop judging what you write. Get into a flow and just start writing. And I want you to, to just word vomit because I remember one of my college professors, she taught me, she said, Alexis, you need to just throw up on the paper and see what comes out and excuse me and just write and write and write and just see what comes out because what you're doing is you're writing and you're tweaking you're writing and you're changing you're not allowing the most authentic part of your voice to come out you are already looking at your book as if somebody else is reading it don't do that (laughs) okay just don't do that read the book later but write it as your authentic self stop being so critical of you so that's step number one step number two to how to get past the emotional roadblock of you know writing always remember your perfect target customer and I want you to do this who is the person that is going to most benefit from what you have to say and I want you to write to that person So one of the things that I have inside of um, my branding and accountability accountability coaching is an opportunity um, for you to understand and define who is my perfect target customer. Um, Because if you don't write a book with a person in mind that's going to read it, here's one or two things that can happen. Number one, you're writing the book as a way to process through your pain. And I'm going to tell you, if your objective is to write a book to sell, then you cannot treat it like a journal. And let me tell you what I mean. So you can write journal prompts, but you have to remember that as a writer, your job is to capture the attention of the person on the other end of the book and not yourself. So if you just need some healing prompts to help you write things out, to help you process and heal, then do that. But if you're going to write a book for an audience, remember, it has to have a reader. And then the second part of this, if I had to say part A and part B of this is part B is this. Don't write to a crowd, write to one person. And one of the things that I did was in my second book, Silencing Shame, How to Stop the Voices in Your Head That Scream You're Not Enough. One of the things that I did in that book was I wrote the woman who was in the most desperate season of her life and what was she going through and how was she feeling and what is life like for her and what does she need to hear? 
And when I got clear and I got focused on who she was, then I began to just pour and pour and pour in that writing dump. And I didn't criticize myself. I just let it all come out. All right. So remember, number one, dump it out and stop being so critical. Number two, write to your perfect target customer. Do not write to everybody, everyone because don't write to y'all and to them. Write to one person because only one person at a time is hearing and listening to your book. So think about that woman. Think about that guy. Think about that kid who you want to pick up your book and read it. All right. And also remember that inside of Point number two was just discussing that you need to have the ability to make sure that you know who that customer is, you know their, you know, their thoughts, their feelings, their traits, their all of the isms and schisms that they're dealing with. And to be a powerful writer, you have to speak to one. When you speak to one, you speak to many. All right. So number three, how to get through the emotional roadblocks of writing without criticizing yourself, without making sure you have a perfect target customer, make sure you're not writing this as a journal, um, that you really want to sell this and you want to sell a message. Number three, the third thing that I want you to do is I really want you to take the time to search out the type of editor that you will need. Because let me tell you something the book comes alive in the editing process. The brain dump is fine. Writing to your perfect target customer is fine. But notice I have not said come up with a title yet. You don't even have to come up with a title. You don't have to come up with subtitles. You don't have to come up with chapter headings. Don't do that yet. Don't do that part. So number three is start to hunt for an editor because here's why. When you get into the editing process, and you hire what's called a copy editor. Their job is to read your copy and then they help you put together the paragraphs and the sentences to make sure that there is a flow to what you're saying. So you open up statements, you close your statements, you give you know your um, transition statements in the book. So their job is to copy, is to read the copy to make sure that you have cohesiveness, there's the word, in what it is that you're saying. So did you open up this thought well? Did you transition into the next thought well? Did you close the thought and give a conclusion? Okay, that's what a copy editor does. Now, a grammar editor, okay, or a line editor, their job is simply to make sure you don't have a passive voice, bad subject verb agreement, and just misspell words, okay? Because you can spell a word correctly in Microsoft Word, but it might still be the wrong word for that sentence. <laughs> and I have done that a million times. So you can spell a word correctly and it, it'd be like wrong, okay? So definitely understand that um, you need a line editor or a copy editor just to go through and proofread, okay? There's also that word is called a proofreader, Okay. So you need to make sure that you are hiring the right type of editor. Now, if you say, Alexis, I'm pretty good at like putting together an opening statement, giving the transitions and giving the conclusions, and I may just need to hire a line editor, I would pop you on the hand and tell you don't do that <laughs> because you are only reading your book from your perspective. And y'all, let me tell you something. I cannot stay in my first book. <laughs> 
people talk to me about that book, I'm like, oh my God, it's terrible. They're like, I was so moved. I was like, why? Um, so my very first book is called Back to the Father's Heart. And let me tell you something, in my mind, it's trash because my thoughts were all over the place. It didn't have a cohesive theme. It wasn't leading the reader to think about certain things. It was just me throwing up and getting it out and calling it a book. Um, but I did it and I had a book launch party and everything else. Um, and that's one of the things, number four, my number four tip for you. So number one, let's go back over this again. So number one, my first tip in, you know, getting through the emotional and spiritual roadblocks of writing a book also with some practical stuff is number one, just vomit, just get it all out. Number two, make sure you are writing to a person and not persons, and make sure that you understand that this is not a journal to help you process and heal. This is an actual book you want to sell, right? If you write to one, you're writing to many. Number three, research the type of editor that you want, because if that editor, oh my gosh, if they connect with you well on a spiritual level, they will completely understand what it is that you were trying to say, and they'll help you shape and frame sentences, phrases, transitions, conclusions in a way that will make sense to your reader. All right. And then number four, the last thing that I'll, I'll end with right here is, you know, in writing that book is plan your celebration for when this is going to be done. Because there's nothing worse than starting a project, but then you have no idea in mind how you're going to celebrate your success. Writing a book is a birthing process. It really is. And for some people, it just seems so effortless. Like every year, they just come out with a new book, a new book, a new book. But God can be giving you multiple things to write about at once. But you have to know how to start something and end it. And one of the best ways to really know that I have a reward at the end of the tunnel because I've gotten this thing done is to celebrate. So plan the celebration early, okay? plan the celebration early and I am rooting for you sis just launch the book okay but you do need to get some practical things up running your belt and I am I'm here for you if you need an accountability coach I still cannot say that word <laughs> so I am here for you if you need an accountability coach there's the word slow down Lex because what my job is, is I walk you through the step-by-step -step process of publishing a book. I've published two of my own, working on a third, and I have also done about five or six for other clients. And one of the things that I do well is break down your goals from smallest to largest and help you plan celebrations so that you are not overwhelmed by your process, okay? And this is a professional service. So this is not anything um, where you won't feel the pinch when it's time to pay for it. Because let me tell you something, there's a strategy behind price points. And one of the things that happens is when you don't invest enough in something, in a service, you don't take care of it the way that you're supposed to. And so I want you to know that this is something that is my time and it's your time, but I am ready to hold you accountable to your goals. And it's even if you have a full-time job, even if you have kids, I know how to help you manage time. And let me tell you, that's such a testament to like just victories in my life because I was not good at time management. I was a great visionary, 
but I was not good as a manager and I had to grow and manage. And if you want to run a successful business, you have to be at least two things, great at management skills and great at vision. So let me help you boot. Well, I have absolutely enjoyed this podcast episode since write the book. And if you need help from me, you can find me over at alexismlot.com. All right. And we can connect there if you are serious and you want to look at some of my packages. All right. But listen, before we go, I have a little bit of something that I want to tell you. And I want you to know that Isaiah 60, one of my favorite scriptures, arise, shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. It is your time and your season to get it done, which is why you were attracted to this episode. So I cannot wait to see you. Even if I'm not your coach, I want to cheer you on. So you can find any um, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter posts related to this podcast episode at hashtag the healed life. And I cannot wait to see you soon.